Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, the Association of Common Sense Masculinity is proud to present the exciting, the thought-provoking Can-Am Soup, an entertaining, genuine, and often meandering conversation between two friends. And now, the stars of our show, Jeremy Gertz and Todd Fuss. Hey, Todd, how are you doing, buddy? Good, Jeremy. How about yourself, man? Oh, I'm doing good. Good, good. I'm glad the week's over. But Yeah, well, um, speaking of the week being over and moving on into the weekend, uh, if you would, please, sir, give uh, your wife a hearty and heartfelt happy birthday. Well, thank you. From Danette, Benny, and myself. Well, thank you very much. Benny, not Todd, Benny said if you wanted to lick her on the cheek for him, go ahead. <laughs> Okay, gotcha. Because <laughs> it's right you on. getting slapped, not him. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah, I know. It, uh, so June is busy for us. We have uh, my wife's birthday is on the 13th, and then our youngest birthday is on the 15th. Our anniversary is the 16th, and then our daughter's birthday is the 28th. So it's a busy month. And it was a close call. Could you imagine if you had one of your children born on an anniversary? <laughs> I would be so ripped off. I was getting like really nervous. I'm like, come on, kid, you better not be born on our anniversary. I'll be I'll be right mad at you every year. <laughs> but yeah, well, so you're supposed good. to have kids nine months after the anniversary. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is the fourth <laughs> kid. <And> this, <laughs> yeah, no. Um, yeah, it's good. I've even got like all the shopping done so i'm not going to be like running out on saturday to buy birthday presents <laughs> and you know it sucks we were supposed to we were planning a trip to italy for our 20th anniversary and obviously thanks to uh you know canadians being a little bit more i don't even know what the word is pathetic scared i don't know we're still I'm like i'm not so certain it's canadians more so than the canadian government Trying yeah, but, to keep people down. Yeah. But then why don't people do something about it? Well. The thing is, people voted this government in. And you just know, like it happened in New York. New Yorkers, you got the most opinionated, full of jerk people there are on earth, I think, per capita, that ain't going to lay down for nobody laid down completely yeah and utterly for because of covid air quotes um and just took it and i think a lot of people around the globe did lay down because they were afraid of something they didn't understand yeah um now we all know now that um what todd said um a long time ago in a land far far away when all this started, February, March of last year, that Dr. Fauci is an administrator. Yes, he is a virologist by education, and he used to do that a long time ago in the land far, far away, but he's been an administrator for decades. And he was a politician because you, you can't be the head of an agency without also being a politician to some degree. And I said he's a mouthpiece for some movement mm -hmm. within the government. <clears throat> And now we know from his emails, he's a lion sack of poo. I haven't heard. Uh, I, haven't, like, I haven't been like, up to date. Like every uh, government agency director, he's a lion sack of poo. 
that's their job. Yeah. You know, to to be the mouthpiece for their administration and do what they're told. That's why they get the jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, and because he was the director of an alleged outside the mainstream, uh, non, an apolitical agency, if you were, you know, if you will, he doesn't, he doesn't get, uh, replaced every time there's a new president. Well, boy, that was a mistake, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so circling the wagons back, um, it was the right place at the right time for all the wrong reasons to keep people down uh, by nefarious government people and yep. industry people. Mm-hmm. You know, because I'm pretty certain that uh, uh, some industry leaders that were profiteering off the uh, pandemic, oh yeah, didn't want sure. it to go away either. You know. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And if they have control of the narrative through social media and media, Mm -hmm. and then the politicians have the narrative through their channels, uh, what chance does little old people from Monterey and Strathmore have? Yeah. Unless you take up the pitchforks and the torches. Yeah. And it didn't quite get that bad yet. You know what I mean? And... Um, I think, unfortunately, the people that would ordinarily carry the pitchforks and the torches are so freaking scared right now by the, you know, 37 cancel culture people yeah. to do anything. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's true. And it was especially, you know, you see something happen with some, even a famous person and they, they'll say something even mild. And next thing you know, it's like, oh, sorry, we're going to let you go. And that's their livelihood gone. Right. And so now it's, you know, it's one thing to be uh, publicly uh, ridiculed or spoken out against. But when they're like, no, you're fired for saying that. Well, wait, what? Now it, it hits home, right? Now all of a sudden it's like, yeah, maybe I will just keep my keep my mouth shut a little bit because I want to feed my family. You and know? I'll tell you what, here's one that one example, one example of a celebrity or a famous person or an athlete that stood up for all the right reasons uh, and got canceled by cancel culture. They got fired where the um i the cool geeks in their mom's basement came alive in her defense not only did they get the person in Walt Disney fired or at least they're not going to uh uh renew Kathleen Kennedy's contract uh who was in charge of Star Wars by the way the entire industry of Star Wars Kathleen Kennedy is getting fired for firing Gina Carano for being having the nerve to be a conservative and tweet stuff and not even hmm. hateful stuff. Hmm. Just tweet something conservative. Oh, you're fired. Wow. The freaking Star Wars geeks came out of the woodwork in their mom's basement and <laughs> went nutso. Really? I mean, they set the 
Star Wars world on fire. Uh, And they got Gina Carano rehired, or she's going to be rehired if she isn't already. Um, The... uh, Basically, the president over uh, Lucasfilm, who runs every, anything Star Wars related, Kathleen Kennedy, her contract will not be renewed after October 31st. Uh, and then for a period of about two years, they'll have the Dave Filoni, not Dave Filoni, the other guy, he'll run it while they let things die, die mm-hmm. down, and then uh, replace Kathleen, for real, for real. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I was like, what? You know. um, Now, there are two reasons I'm I'm happy about that. One is obvious that, you know, cancel culture needs to be canceled. Mm -hmm. It not only needs to be canceled, it needs to be drugged behind a truck, down a gravel road, set on fire, shot, and stabbed with a pitchfork. And then tarred and feathered. Yes. Yeah. And then whatever's left, um, leave for the buzzards. Yeah. Because they got to eat same as worms, uh, as the <laughs> eminent sage Josie Whale said once. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, but, I know it's it's crazy, you know. And and good on them for saving somebody like Gina Carano. Yeah. Um, that. Now, I don't mean this in the way it's going to sound. I don't. I mean it as a, as the most, mostest, bestest compliment I can give to anyone. All right. She's just super attractive for a female fighter. Or for anybody, for that matter. She was incredibly accomplished as an amateur. She had uh, a manager and a dad that looked out for her, only got her the the best fights for her career. She retired at the right time, had the right contacts to get into Hollywood, and now she's set for life. Hmm. But my God, Gina, lose weight, will you? I don't even know who this person is. I love you so much, Gina, as a, you know, as what you are, as a symbol for conservatism in uh, Hollywood. But have some respect for yourself. Uh, You're an athlete, you know. How overweight is she? Well, actually, if you see her right now, not much at all. Look Mm. good. But when she's on the show... Looked like a you know a chunkster, but, hmm. so you know, I don't chunky McChunk face. But was she an actress? Yes, she is oh, now. Okay. Um, she's been in a lot of uh, B action movies and a couple of double A action movies, uh, and now she's on the uh, Mandalorian series. Oh, okay, and You know, which is another example, and I hate to take this left turn, but that's what our show is known for. Uh, The Mandalorian is an example of an accomplished actor uh, 
that plays the Mandalorian, letting he's already famous. He's already got he's already starred in a number of successful TV shows. And he gets on the Mandalorian, and that star power skyrockets, and he becomes a douchebag over it. Hmm. Don't like. That. I don't. I, I you know like Mandalorian. I couldn't even tell you what it's about. The uh, <laughs> Mandalorian, actually. I don't. But, um, is is that an instrument? It sounds like a mandolin. No, it's a. <laughs> he's they're space uh, hitmen and yeah. bounty hunters. But yeah. uh, anyway, you know that uh, I'm that a stuff? Star Wars geek from way back Are because you? I saw the original, brand new in the theater. The OG. And, uh, you know, I just am. It's something yeah. I grew up with. It's part of my childhood. It stuck with me, <clears throat> like mm. Oreo cookies. You know, yeah, yeah, I still love Oreo cookies. Oh, me too. You know, I don't know what it is, but I, I have never even had the slightest interest. And I, I mean, I was exposed to it very young because I had cousins that were probably ten years older than me, and so like the mid '80s, they were into. I don't know when did the first Star Wars come out. 76. 76. Okay. So, um, you know, I had an older cousin who's a big, big into it. And then he got into Star Trek. And so I had a lot of my cousins were like really into this stuff. And man, zero interest. Like I'd see this stuff. I'm like, hmm, maybe I'll just go to sleep instead. <laughs> like I don't, I don't know anything, anything sci-fi or even with some of the more modern like movies that are kind of weird like that. Um Anything that can't take place in reality, I, I don't, and I maybe I'm just like totally uncreative or something. I don't know, but I have zero interest whatsoever. No wonder you don't watch movies or TV. Yeah. Because yeah, if it's right. not grounded in reality, you know, don't like it. And nothing on TV that I've seen is grounded in reality, including the news. Yeah. yeah no. That's, maybe that's why I like YouTube so much. I would, I would give up. Oh, movies, yeah. Like, television, oh, that's grounded everything. in reality. Just saying. Oh, yeah. 100%. <laughs> But yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, no. Um, I think it was good. We kicked it off right in the teeth, like this whole podcast. We've been pretty well, uh, mild mannered. Actually, actually, would be like the guy on <laughs> everybody makes fun of. <laughs> well, actually, um, that whole meandering segue into a segue into another segue got right to where I wanted to be. Where's that? TV not grounded in reality. Mm-hmm. I was watching, okay, I haven't watched Fortune Fire in a while, but they're piling up on my DVR. <laughs> yeah. And I won't even go into why I quit watching it. Uh, Will Smith's gone, or Will, whatever his name is, is gone. Yeah, uh, it's too bad he left that. And the new guy, I don't mind that Will left, but he was an enjoyable part of that show if you're going to watch the show. Yeah. Particularly since he's the only one who never uh, tested anything, but he's also the only one on the entire judging panel that brings any credibility to using weapons because he was an army ranger and an air force pararescue man. Yeah. Now, you know, Mercado might, you know, be a martial artist, but has he ever really been in a knife fight? No. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Has Will Smith been in, or has Will, whatever his name is, been in a knife fight? Yes. Has he? So, just saying. Yeah. But anyway, so he's gone. The new guy just is horrific. I haven't seen uh, it yet. 
with the new and family. I was Danette was my wife was reading the local news there was a local boy on Fortune Fire on the May 26th aired episode so I watched that last night mm-hmm. and I and I one of the things that um, is fascinating about me in my opinion and really annoying about me in my wife's opinion is I can pick up instantly on the tiniest little mistake or stupid or whatever in a TV show or a movie. Right. Mm-hmm. And I immediately grabbed the remote and went back 10 seconds when I saw when they're testing the final weapons of the two, uh, semifinalists, yeah. or finalist, whatever <clears throat> they had right before they were using these giant Korean, uh, uh, weapons like a pole axe, but the Korean version of that on the kill test on the, uh, ballistic dummies. Yep. They, they showed it. They showed it. It was perfectly fine. Perfectly fine. Perfectly fine. I'm talking about the ballistic dummy. Perfectly fine. And then they cut to right when Doug is swinging for the first swing and the stupid stomach is now pre-cut huh. and it's stuffed more full of red stuff. Really? You can so tell that? So when he hit it with his pole axe, it just explodes in a red mist. Hmm. Yeah. It makes for dramatic TV, but if you're supposed to be testing the weapon legitimately, why would you do that? Yeah. And so I downloaded that episode and I'm thinking about doing one of those what forged in fire doesn't want you to know YouTube videos if I can figure it. out how to do it. Do it. 100%. My only problem is I need help trying to do that because I have to take a real video, cut pieces out, edit my shit in and oh sorry edit my stuff in and you know i'm still a baby when it comes to uh my education and video editing yeah what what software are you using i have several but what i was what i uh, blah 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 see i can't even tell you um mac or pc yes i have both but right now on my pc i have <clears throat> I have the Adobe suite of things. Oh yeah. Um, and I don't know how to use there. People are like, Oh, Adobe's great. Yeah. If you're a software engineer. Yeah. Adobe's like next level. It's got oh, features. You yeah, can do is. some stuff. And I have it, something but... else. I, 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 what happened? My, um, PC did a windows 10 update yesterday and now I'm missing some of my, uh, uh, shortcuts on my desktop. Hmm. Windows 10 updates does that. And Windows, if you're listening, stop it. Yeah, yeah. So um, for your video, uh, you got if you got a Mac, do it on a Mac. Like I don't care what anybody says. And you know, I, when I used to work uh, as a project manager, I got new Macs or no, sorry, new PCs, like a new PC desktop every year. And then some years I would get two brand new laptops and they were specced out well, like to run uh, CAD software, 3D modeling software, SOLIDWORKS. Like these were high-end, top-level PCs. And uh, I used to do a little video editing just for fun. I've always edited videos. I'd make like our company Christmas party videos. And then when I left there, I got myself a Mac. And night and day difference. And I don't care what anybody on earth says. There's no PC. Unless you're going to spec out some nerd burglar 
gaming PC that's water-cooled. You know, you buy a really high-end PC at, say, Best Buy or just go buy, like, an average middle-of-the-spec MacBook, the Mac's going to work 100 times better all day long at photo and video and audio. That's just a fact of the matter. So what I would do is if I, if I were you, I would get your Mac out and you will have iMovie. It's free software that comes on your Mac. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I've what actually, you Because that the, is so simple. The so couple of videos use. I've already done, I've all done yep. through iMovie. Yeah. Yeah, that Adobe stuff, man, it's just so, you know what? That's, you can create incredible films or documentaries with it, but if you just want to put videos together, like way more features than you, you need. And then they're all... I don't know. I like iMovie because it's it, there's not a lot to look at. There's not a lot of options. But if you just want to kind of cut and move videos around, speed one up, slow one down, adjust the volume, it's perfect, you know. But yeah, you should do that. Um, I, I have very, well, very, very, very little respect for Forged and Fire because of all these things. You know, like you, you're just alluded to like the, the YouTube videos when you go on them. You know, I saw this one and they're testing these. I don't know what they were. They're really long swords. And they showed the one and, you know, it cut through this ballistic dummy and it was all great. And this other guy had a sword. And so the, the person who ed, who put this video up, he, he kind of shows it like this. And right at the very end, Doug Morkaida rotates his wrists and, yes, and the he blade hits, hits broadside. Yeah. yeah. I and saw that like, on oh. the original show um, when it aired. I didn't know people were already bashing on it, but I saw it and I was screaming at TV. And my wife's like, really? Really? No, yeah. And uh, honestly, like, when when stuff like that happens, I, I mean, I love the idea of Forge and Fire. I think it's done great things for, um, you know, getting people into some of the old world skills and interested in knife making and stuff. But I think it's an absolute joke. The show itself is a complete hoax, in my opinion. Well, who was that one guy? Um, he was on one of the early seasons, uh, season one or two. Uh, he's a... He makes Walter Sorrels. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. He makes Japanese swords for, that's what he does. He's got books on it. Mm -hmm. He's one of the most studied Americans in Japanese sword making of the last century. Yeah. It, or, all right, maybe I'm stretching that one, but not by far. Uh, he, But he can also use them. You know, he's actually a sword master. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> well, he was on the show, and he was making a what he makes at home, a wakasashi or whatever, and then it breaks, right, the first time they do anything with it. Mm -hmm. And to this day, <clears throat> he blames it on because the contestants don't have control of their own heat treating. They're yeah. not allowed to um, temper their own blades, nor witness the tempering. Yeah. And, and that's what annoyed me. Okay, if you want some... Uh, intern to put the blades in an oven and hit start. That's fine. But let the guy see it. Yeah. And, and oh, go ahead. No, like the, the thing is too, is like, what is the, when it comes to making a knife, what is the most important part? Heat treating. hundred percent. Like, like nothing is more important than heat treat. You could have a really ridiculously uneven grind. You could have, you know, one part of the edge before sharpening at 20 thou, one part at 30 thou, but if you have a really, really, really good heat treat on that, you can sharpen it up and that thing will perform way better than a knife that's flawlessly ground, executed to precision, that's got an incorrect heat treat. And 
the good knife maker, the good bladesmith will have his own heat treat recipe, 100%. Like I fiddle with stuff. I'll, I'll get a generic one and I'll be like, okay, cool. And then I'll go out and I'll have a scrap blade that I ruin the grind on. And I'm like, oh, you know what? I've always wondered if I did it at this temperature or if I held it longer or if I did this. And I'll experiment and then I'll do, I mean, within the realm of what I can, actually sharpening it, using it, you know, seeing how well it retains the edge because that's what I care about more than anything. And I can actually say, yeah, you know what? I, I, I think this is actually better. I'm going to start using this instead. And it's different than the generic recipe I found online or what I found from the manufacturer. And so to take that element out of it, <laughs> the most important part about knife making is stupid in my opinion. They should let them say, listen, you got you see same parameters on working, you know, but then you can go to your own room and you can do your own heat treat because take out any other tool, right? There's no more grinding in there. There's no files. There's no hammers. They can't work on the knife. Literally put them in a room with an oven. Well, you like, you know, <clears> like, <throat> like to me, it's so stupid. It's ridiculous. On the, the uh, Forged and Fire expansion series, about when the, uh, when one of the returning uh, people from the show uh, get the challenge, one of the judges. Okay, yeah. On that show, the judges get to do their own tempering. Really? They actually have they actually have a um, the larger version of the heat treating oven that you have. Yeah. The same company. They make yep. like you know high end pro models. They have one of those for hmm. the contestant and the champion. And so now that you get to heat treat and temper your own blade, but you can't on the real show. Yeah. That's so stupid. I'm waving the BS flag on that. Okay, for one. But then you go back to the regular show, and uh, another, no kidding, knife maker from way back, decades, decades of real, no kidding, he makes his living as a blacksmith, right? But he's yeah. also into TV. Uh, he wants to do, uh, like, for profit, but public television level detail on old world blacksmithing. He wants to keep that uh, alive, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But he hasn't been able to find anybody uh, since his original TV show to make a new TV show. Anyway, anyway, I digress. When he went on the show, when they give him all the super secret briefing and make you sign the non disclosure agreement, when you get to the show, yep. He said, I was going into that show to win until, you know, based on the contract talks and uh, talks over the phone, the day you get there. And then they take you into a room. They give you a briefing on what the show is really going to be about. And they make you sign a non-disclosure agreement before they give you your check. He said, at that moment, I, uh, I just flipped the switch and I said, I'm going to try to ruin this show. And he made a mockery of it. He really did. You know, when you come up there and you make a eight pound axe or hmm. a hatchet. Yeah. And, oh yeah. Swing that Doug. <clears throat> hmm. And I'm going to put all these spikes and everything else all over it. And they comment on the show. I wonder why he's doing this. You know, he's a professional guy, blah, blah, blah. blah. <laughs> well, I'll tell you why he's doing it. Trying to ruin your show. He's trying to make a mockery of it. Yeah. Well, all yeah. he made a mockery of because the way they edit it was himself. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. They have the final say. <clears throat> and the same thing they did with Walter Sorrells because, yeah. you know, uh, I don't know now, but back then he was an outspoken, uh, not so advocate of 
the ABA and any group like it uh, because it's just a bunch of pretentious douchebags um, trying to recruit more pretentious douchebags or people to worship them. You know, these mm-hmm. ABA master smiths, especially Jay Nielsen, just want people to worship them. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's... Jay, if you're listening, <laughs> I do mean listening. that. Anybody of Jay's fans, I do mean that. Because anybody that I've ever talked to that actually met him and have talked to him, <clears throat> I actually have a close friend of mine from the firearms community that went to a Jay Nielsen class, paid good money. I mean, a lot of money, like five grand. Oh, wow to go to one of his classes and he said 85% of the class was Jay patting himself on the back, not teaching you Jack poo poo. He said, I almost walked out three times. Oh, wow. He said, but I, you know, thinking about what my wife would tell me about, um, wasting five grand. So I just stayed there and faked (laughs) it. Um, and so, David Baker is really a, what they say he is, you know, but he's always been wanting to be in recognized for his craft. Right. Yeah. Uh, I don't blame him. Uh, Doug Merkita, you know, is a, he used to be in the air force. So I got him props for that. He didn't oh, stay did he? till he retired. He got out early. Uh, so you know what? He keeps coming up. For some reason, Instagram keeps thinking I want to see what he's doing, and they keep. So I just gotta block him or say I'm not interested. But you see, <laughs> I certainly don't follow him. I would never choose to follow him, but sometimes they'll po- his his posts will pop up, <laughs> and I can't help but think that guy's like the the ultimate larper. <laughs> like he's just doing these things with the <laughs> and he's like, wow, that's really not that impressive. And then I saw he's doing one with some glow sticks. I'm like. Yes, you can move that very quickly, and you're well trained in that skill set. But I how don't know how that translates to a street fight. Yeah. In the real world. Yeah, maybe if you're gonna do because, like competition ballet songs or something like that. But because man. when you when you go through training, that's a last last ditch effort. It's never yeah. your first go. It's not like it is in Hollywood, people. Yeah. Um, it, it is your last ditch effort before you break your tooth open and take that cyanide capsule. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, it just is. Um, it's not, it's not knife fighting is not, and never will be a substitute for being able to defend yourself with your hands or firearm. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and I'll tell you the, some knife fighting experts, you know, I use that term loosely, have uh, indicated that the knife fight between uh, Steven Seagal and Tommy Lee Jones in that one movie, at the end of the movie, right before he kills Tommy Lee Jones, of course, because he's the villain, they have this knife fight. Mm-hmm. They say, oh, that's the most realistic knife fight in any, any Hollywood's ever done. Really? No, it isn't. And here's why, because they both get cut and they don't go, ah, let's find some other way to do this. Yeah, yeah. Because um, you get cut that deep in your forearm, 
you're going to find yeah. something else to do real quick. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because your arm ain't going to work. Well, your yeah. arm will work. Your hand won't work. And um, even mental toughness and stuff, your body is going to take over and you're going to go into shock. Like, you have yeah. no control over shock. When you start bleeding, and that's the same thing. There'll be a cut and it'll just start running down. So you got to cut that big. Uh, I, I had a, we used to have some machetes we got from Venezuela. We still have them. And my cousin was over and he had little brothers. And one of his little brothers got a hold of this machete. And uh, he was a hyper crazy kid. And we said, whoa, whoa, give this back to us. And he goes, no. And he like swung it. And he cut my cousin in the forearm and it probably about a half inch deep, like a really good cut, about three inches long. And oh yeah, lucky it didn't like, miraculously there's no tendons hit. Uh, It nicked bone or something. I don't know, but you know, stitches and stuff like that, 11 or 12 stitches. But I remember looking and just, and we just stopped and we both, it was like time stood still. And all of a sudden you just see his, you see white. And then all of a sudden, blood just starts coming, right? Yeah. And he, you know, on the way, the, luckily his parents were right upstairs and ran him up there and we pressure wrapped it up and stuff, drove him straight to the hospital and we were close to the hospital, but uh, he starts going into shock. And there's no control over that. It's it's when, you're, when your blood pressure goes down and your, your heart senses, okay, wait a minute, we're losing blood, you go into shock. <laughs> you don't keep fighting. It's like, oh, yeah, <laughs> ching chow pao. Oh, knife fighting is... I always say, like like you said, I'd rather fight fist to fist or by guns. I think knife fighting would be the most brutal, disgusting fight on earth. And people that well, train in knife fighting, ugh. If a guy on the street gonna, pulls a knife on me, I'm going to kick him in the balls, right? Like, or you. else I'll throw something at him. In the, all right, in the, in a very high stress environment, I was shot in the leg. Didn't know it. Really? Didn't know it for a while, right? Yeah, yeah. Lucky it didn't hit my femoral artery, but I didn't know it. Very high-stress environment. Bullets move really, really fast, and it was a small bullet, you know, in diameter. Very long, but small in diameter. What was it? Um, Not really sure because it went straight through, but I'm assuming it was a uh, uh, 5.45 by 39. Okay, But – Anyway, um, I've also been cut in the leg in a high-stress environment and in my forearm in two places at the same time, right up by your elbow. Yeah. Both, and neither one of those times was in the same kind of high-stress environment when I was shot in the leg. And it stopped time hmm. when I got cut. Yeah. It, ow! Yeah. Whatever I was doing, you stopped. Whatever was in my hand got dropped because, well, one, I've been, you know, cut before. I know what's going to happen. So when I got my leg cut, I did, whatever was in my hand got dropped, and I went to grab both sides of that cut. Like, my hands were staples mm-hmm. and because yeah. uh, I didn't want that thing that's fixing to happen to happen <laughs> when yeah. it goes, oh, look, there's no, look, there's no blood. Oh, squirt, yeah. squirt, pour, yeah. pour. Uh, yeah. And then when I got my, uh, I buried a box cutter by accident in my arm. That's That was the forearm one. Mm. Um, I'm working. Uh, and we're having a race. Just stupid. Uh, <laughs> That's a good idea. <laughs> I'm cutting open cases of bleach and I'm stocking shelves, <laughs> right? But on the other side of the aisle is some other big product. And my a guy I worked with was stocking that. Just so happened there's six bottles of bleach. 
in a case, six gallons in a case, and there's six whatever in his case. So we're saying who can do 10 cases faster. <laughs> and I'm just spinning this uh, uh, case of bleach, cutting the top, flipping it open, putting them on the shelf, and I got in a third case, and part of the cardboard had split. So when I'm thinking I'm going to hit resistance of the cardboard, just like the oh, other yeah, two yeah. cases, I hit air and my hand went right, right in my arm. And I'm yeah. like, and I had the blade all the way out. Oh. And, like, and it's, and I keep it buried in my arm and I'm like, it's not going to be good when I pull this out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, wow. Um, <clears throat> you guys are like all-star employees until all of a sudden <laughs> there was that. And I tell you what, it didn't hurt till I pulled it out. And then I must have hit every nerve mm-hmm. ever because, oh, that white hot searing cut yes. pain. Yes. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Yeah. I did something very similar. I was cutting out a piece of balsa wood when I was a kid. I was probably like 12, 10, or 10 years old, I bet. And I had a little exacto knife and I had the fatter ones because you know, got the normal size and there's the ones that are bigger. And uh, cutting, 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 and all of a sudden it slipped, and I put this thing like straight into my, uh, right into my quad, right into my leg. And then I remember pulling it out, and it just instantly felt hot, and all around it just felt so hot, and it was just like this, like somebody was pouring water from underneath, it just, this puddle goes out, goes out, goes out, just blood like crazy. And uh, yeah, my mom's like, we're going to have to get you stitches, and I said, there's no way I'm getting stitches. I want to live my life without stitches, so I I just sat in the bathroom there in the tub so I could just bleed into the tub, and I just I just kept pressure on it, and uh, it stopped, and I put Band-Aids, and then it kept breaking open for like the next week, but I didn't get stitches. But I know that feeling. It's just like hot, and it's just warm. It's like, oh, nothing else feels like it. (laughs) If you've never felt it, you don't know what it feels like. And that wasn't even that bad. And just recently in 2000. 18, I was in a doctor's office fixing to get testosterone pellets put in. It was the first time. And he was going to make, no, it was my second time because I went from six to ten pellets. Instead of doing one ten pellet, he was going to do two fives. And uh, what they do is they numb up your butt cheek in a certain spot, take a uh, scalpel, they make a small incision, and stick in a, a plastic inject pellet injector about the size of a pencil into the your glute and then inject these pellets right hmm. well he was going to do they do uh a, a quick injection of uh lidocaine wait five or ten seconds make them in the incision do that then he was going to go to the second one and they're both marked right with the uh medical permanent marker yeah, yeah. so he gives me the first injection i'll say in the left mark Wait, and then we start talking for about 10 seconds, and he picks up the scalpel and then accidentally slices the right mark. Oh. <laughs> I about choked him. Oh, dude. Oh, that would be standing. He's right on my right side. I'm leaning <laughs> on my left elbow, and he did it. And I just reached up, and I'm about, I said I stopped about an <gasps> a inch before I grabbed his throat. And he's like, ah. <laughs> Wrong one. And, and the, yeah, he's like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I'm like, yeah, you better be. And then wow. he quickly, he quickly um, numbs that one down. And he's like, <clears throat> and then he, he wants to lighten up the mood. He's like, man, you're fast for a little fat guy. Yeah. 
Yes, I, I am. I don't mean to yes, laugh. So yes, I, am. I don't mean to laugh at your misfortune, but even when we were setting that story up, the left and the right, I didn't see that coming. And all of a sudden he gets the wrong. Wow. Ay, ay, ay. Well, at least the, the freezing Ooh. took right away, real quick. After yeah. He, oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Oh, dude, that Is sucks. There, I, who knew there's different, more than one kind of lidocaine? Yeah. Uh, of course there is. You know, there's quick acting, short acting, long acting, um, all these, right? So, uh, and, he, and he had two right there, you know, uh, already made up, and they're both fast acting within five seconds. Okay, yeah. Uh, so all he had to do when he got to the right one, for real, for real, is uh, just draw another, you know, however many units he used. Yeah. Wow. Uh, and now I wish he hadn't given me extra lidocaine in that butt cheek because for like the whole day after that, I'm like, you're trying to, you, you don't know if you're sitting down right. Huh? <laughs> My butt's numb, <laughs> on, but on one side. That's yeah, funny. Um. <clears throat> I tell you though, that, uh, as if you need TRT testosterone replacement therapy, you understand that you need it. Mm-hmm. Um, I never knew what, Oh, you just think testosterone gives you energy, builds muscle. Oh, it does so much more for the male body. Mm. Uh, so much more. And when you're, uh, at dangerously low levels, uh, for reasons, cause we still don't know, uh, you can't live life, right? So they gave me all the options of injections, cream, deodorant, pellets. And my doctor was like, you know, if you're this low, I recommend pellets, and this is why. But it's also the most evasive form of it because mm. uh, they have to cut you open and inject pellets. And I'm like, well, no, if you're, if you're the guy, you're the doctor, and you're telling me if it was you, this is what you would get. Then that's what I'll try first. You know? Yeah. So how um, do you have to get them? Uh, every four months, 12 okay. weeks. Yeah. And, uh, no, 16 weeks. Ooh, math. Um, 12 to 16 weeks. And you can get from six to 10 pellets, depending on your need, your body mass, blah, blah, blah. Right. Yeah. Uh, but ultimately it depends on your insurance, you know, cause they know what's best for you. Um, <clears throat> so when we moved to Tennessee from Maryland, uh, the doctors out here are not typically doing pellets. Uh, cause Tennessee medicine is still in the 1800s right. in a lot of ways. Uh, so I started injections cause I'm still not going to do, uh, testosterone deodorant. <laughs> I've seen it. I know people that have done it. They hate it. It doesn't work right. Uh, hmm. Consistently. It does not work consistently. Yeah, yeah. And so I've been on injections now since January, and it's just now, June, uh, my body's adjusting to it. Hmm. That's crazy. But you have to do the injections yourself, so... I get to do an IM needle every two weeks. Was I on myself? 
intermuscular. Oh, you wow. have you have SC needles, which are just below the skin. Oh, okay. Uh, and then you have IM that are uh, deep tissue, big muscle needles, but uh, so those don't feel good. Actually, don't feel them at all once they go through the skin because you don't have nerves in in your fat in most of your muscle. Yeah, yeah. Pain nerves, and uh, it's weird. Uh, you have messaging nerves, but not pain nerves. Yeah. Uh, and if you go fast, they're like, oh, that's so much better. And my uh, uh, phlebotomist nurse that taught me how to do the shots, I already knew how, but they make you go through this thing. Uh, I freaked her out, almost made her throw up in her mask. I did it slow. <laughs> I was like, you know, it takes me about four seconds to put yeah. the whole needle in my leg. And she's just like cringing and she's like, <laughs> and she does it for a living. And I'm like, yes. Yeah. She's like, how can you do it that slow? And you know, as well as I do, once you go through the skin, you have no feeling. Yeah. She's like, but, but I'm like, man, don't watch. That's funny. Cause I can place the needle in my leg myself. Don't have a problem with it. I have a problem stabbing myself. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, there's, we as human beings have a innate, uh, uh, insert word here. Desire. Uh, you know, we have a instinct not to do that to ourselves. Mm -hmm. And unless you have, uh, unless that instinct is broken and you have some mental health issue, uh, you're not, you're not. You're not hurting yourself. Yeah. Uh, on purpose. Yep. That's why, well, anyway, that's why we only can take so much pain before our physiology makes you pass out. Mm -hmm. So you stop. Yeah. Yeah, I don't understand people that train themselves to go beyond and, you know, like freak show type people, people that like. Well, if you're a Navy ugh. SEAL, I got it. Yeah, yeah. You know. Duty but, calls for it. If you're in prison, I got it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but if you're, you know, Billy Jones in uh, Huntsville, Alabama, and you're 11, yeah, no, I don't get it. You're just a moron. Yeah. Oh, look, I can stick a, spike, uh, you know, a four-penny nail through my... No, you, no, you can't. No, yeah. Don't. Stop. Yeah. Who's that one? Oh... He had a TV show. He's a magician. Oh, shoot. David Blaine. Blaine? Yes, David Blaine, I think. David Blaine. And uh, he was on Rogan, and like he shoved a uh, spike through his arm. That must have been the, the worst Rogan show, or the best, because you have one of the weirdest people on Earth talking to the other weirdest person on Earth. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. No, but he, it's so weird and it's, um, and he doesn't do it. Like, you know, people that cut themselves, they do it, you know, to inflict pain, like self-harm. It, it's not that it's like, he, he always says like, he's trying to find how far, how far you can take your mind in control of your physical stuff. Right. Cause generally they're kind of separated, you know, like, like we talk about, you get cut and you really can't control your reaction, but he's trying to find out if you can get to that point, if you can, you know, control your body temperature. Can you lower your body temperature with your oh, yeah, mind? Yeah, yeah. It's crazy stuff that 
Oh, that's stuff. Well, for years, well, for a very long time, people have been teaching other people how to do that with, allegedly, you know, through um, like special forces training, yeah, SEAL training, you know, escape, evade uh, training, things like mm-hmm. that. Um, and then most of it, all of it, most all of it begins with and is centered around not letting yourself go into shock. Mm-hmm. You know, especially with the, the whole body temperature thing, uh, pain thing, is not letting yourself go into shock. Yeah. Uh, don't panic. Yeah. Uh, and what I learned and what it has served me well all the way up through today when I went through Siri training uh, was that don't let yourself panic and then you won't go into shock at least not for a long time mm-hmm. uh everybody will eventually go into shock that's just physiology yeah uh but how long it takes you to get there whether you panic or not you know like like the guy that whose 50 cal exploded in his face had he <laughs> oh, yeah. panic he'd be dead yeah you know but he didn't panic why because he had training yeah and he's a really uh, big dude, uh, but I don't think that has much to do with it as much as they think. Uh, not panicking had everything to do with it. Don't huh. panic because panicking races your heart. Yeah. Bleed out Reduces faster. the amount of oxygen in your blood. Therefore, the oxygen going to your brain. Therefore, you panic faster. You're going to shock faster. Don't panic. That's yeah. the first thing. Yeah. Uh, but I've my hand that. got blown off. Well, so, do you want to die? Did that guy get messed up? The 50 cal guy? Uh, yeah, oh yeah. I haven't seen it. I don't know if I want oh, to see it. Kentucky Ballistics is the name of his YouTube channel. Yep. Go watch it. He actually shows the video. I don't know. Ugh. No, no, no. Seriously, just go go watch huh. it. it. None of it's gory. Um, everything he shows on himself has been stitched up already or stapled okay. up. And in the video where he, the, it explodes, all you can actually see because it happens so fast yeah, is yeah. it blows his hat off and then blows him backwards. But, uh, wow. So is that, you know, cause uh, he gets hit in the face by a two pound piece of metal flying it. Oh, I don't know. A thousand miles an hour. Yeah. So what was, uh, have they done any investigation as to what caused that? There's nothing, you know, the final answer hasn't been released, but, um, if you see the video and if Scott's telling the truth about everything, it was the, uh, the slap round he was using had not, was not a new production. Like he was told when it was given to him and it was reloaded by a moron. Hmm. What's because, the slap round? Uh, it's a, you know what a armor piercing round is, right? Yeah. When you it, have a steel core penetrator. Yeah. Well, this doesn't have a steel core, nor does it have a lead thing around it, a lead jacket around it. This is a tungsten penetrator with two plastic sabos, and then that is put into a 50 cal cartridge. What's a sabo? A little plastic sleeve. Oh, okay. Because you still need 50 caliber in diameter to go down the bore, right? So So the plastic is taking up the room in the bore, yeah. But what you get out of that is 
a tiny tungsten projectile traveling at butt naked speed. Yeah. So is that and for piercing through stuff? Is that what's designed for like it's maximum? just pure armor piercing power. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, all tungsten, well, I'm sorry, all penetrators uh, that we can have are either steel or tungsten. There are other penetrators, you know, depleted uranium, but uh, that's for the big just boys. Stupid dope armor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, that's crazy. Because you would think, uh, you know, something like that happening. The depleted uranium uh, or tungsten to deliver those uh, molten copper penetrators. That's just ugly to do to somebody, by the way. Hmm. Uh, we're going to shoot an armor-penetrating armor round at your tank. We're going to pierce your tank. But just as soon as it gets pierced, we're also going to spray molten copper on you. Ow. Yeah. That wouldn't be nice. Anyway, so um, don't panic. Yeah. Don't let your heart rate go up. Stay calm. Hey, Todd. So, you know, you're, oh, you're I lost, better off. Yeah. I lost you there for a minute. Oh, sorry. It didn't kick me off, though. It just, your your audio on my end just stopped. I was waiting for Squadcast to make me re-sign in. You know, oh, I was okay. thinking about that, like, so, so that guy, it's probably a pretty big YouTube channel. Kentucky yeah, he just went over a million. Yeah. Man, you think the manufacturer of that gun would be like, okay, listen, we need to, like, is that not bad for them? Uh, or are they a, just going to be like, ah, whatever. Oh, no, they did a video, too. And uh, I would imagine if uh, Mark Serbu, the the manufacturer of the gun, also he gave Scott that gun, as far as I'm aware. Hmm. That's the way they made it appear. Uh, if he has the business sense that an Firearms manufacturer should have. He should have a lawyer mm -hmm. um, in charge of his team of lawyers. Uh, and the first thing they should have done is to put a gag order on Scott. Yeah. Unfortunately, in the firearm community, what that makes you uh, is guilty in the firearms community. I, oh. Oh, you're hiding stuff. So Mark has never done that. Hmm. Anytime there's been an incident with one of his firearms, <clears throat> What he did was he posted a video correcting some information that Scott had said in his video about the firearm. Uh, and then since then has done, you know, an update that, uh, anyway, the gun was supposed to make its way back to Mark Serbu so they could do a forensic analysis on it. Hmm. But just from the video where Mark was, or Scott was shooting those slap rounds, they weren't acting right to begin with. They weren't consistent. One was obviously uh, a weak round. One was obviously a hot round. And then the one that blew up the gun was next. So yeah, you yeah. go from weak to too hot to you blew up the gun. What that looks like is if, you know, uh, somebody had reloaded those rounds and did it wrong. It's very easy to do when you're reloading. If you blink for an instant, you can double powder charge something, and that's dangerous. 
uh, with a nine mil, meh. With a fifty cal, you're milling yeah. a bomb. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's some higher stakes right there. Because I have fired a double loaded nine millimeter round out of a Glock, and I knew it was double loaded, and I did it from a ransom rest just to see what would happen. We were doing some uh, testing for a local sheriff's department hmm. uh, back in my old gun club, and it did nothing. Hmm. Absolutely yeah. nothing. We actually took a, but now this is pistol powder, which is way different from rifle powder, but uh, we actually shot a nine millimeter with the right grain loading, but with ultra fast burning uh, rifle powder in it. Yeah, that didn't fare so well for the Glock. So, oh, wow. Uh, blew the side of it out. Huh. But had you been holding it in your hand, you wouldn't have been hurt. Yeah, yeah. It scared you to death, but uh, anyway. That's crazy. Uh, no matter which way you, you were looking at the gun, no matter how you looked at it, the the all the pieces went at 12 o'clock, so hmm. you would not have been hit. Yeah. Uh, That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I was looking at uh, just sort of related um, – well, I was uploading some videos to YouTube this week, and uh, you have to go through all the checks, and there's an option to say, no, it doesn't contain anything. And I'd read them once before. So they want you to kind of self-verify, and then if you self-verify enough times and it's accurate to what their checks are, then they'll kind of let your self-verification stand. And then, yeah. I, don't, I don't know, every now and then they'll check back in on it and make sure you're not cheating the system. But uh, one of the checks that you have to say is that this – and you – you don't necessarily get demonetized, but they want to know about it. Is do you show any uh, firearms, real or fake? And it says even toy guns. If you feature a toy gun in this video, you need to check this box and let us know. And I'm like, wow, <laughs> that's crazy. Um, oh yeah, the I, I guess the I don't know anything about it. I don't do anything with airsoft guns. Uh, don't care anything for them. Not all airsoft, but. The kind that this was about, the, I guess the top YouTube airsoft kid was deleted. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Hmm. And then they came out and said why. And I'm like, I don't necessarily agree nor disagree because I don't know enough facts about it. But uh, the YouTube people were like, <clears throat> I'll boil down the reason to this. You have an adolescent, a minor, using an airsoft gun while portraying uh, like a school shooting. Oh, really? Now, that wasn't his intent. His intent was for like, um, uh, like active shooter defense. Yeah, yeah. What would a kid do? if a kid could do stuff, hmm. you know, in school and they just went the other way with it um, and said, Nope, you're portraying a shooting in school. You got to go. Yeah. No, they that deleted his whole channel. Even that, like, I think the guy, he's got to be a little bit dumb to even consider putting something like that up. Like, yeah, that's why I'm kind of stupid up in the air still about it. You know, it's yeah. still censorship, you know, but then, yeah, you, you know, and, and it's true. So people need to be self-censoring a little bit, right? Well, that's, that's what makes society well, work. <laughs> well, no, here's what I'm saying. He's the number one airsoft 
guy on YouTube, but he's a minor. So he's yeah. a kid. Yeah. Their own rules say you cannot have kid-friendly video with any gun in it, real or toy. Yeah. So you're letting a kid have a toy gun channel. Yeah. So you can make money off of it, but you can't have Jeremy show a toy gun. Yeah. And be my, no. Shoot soon. It's soon. Like, like airsoft guns are going to be banned in Canada. I think, um, they, they, they've come up I with some, the, new- um, some of them already were, if they look like an AR. Oh, oh the, you know, when he did that 25, 2,500 guns that he just made a list of. Yeah. That he's going to ban after a shooting that he knew that gun was illegally brought across the border. And uh, it was an Indian reservation that, that smuggles drugs. And oh, no, we just said that. And no. Uh, anyway, so there was a whole bunch of those listed guns that were banned were airsoft guns. You know, we've, I think we mentioned it here before. One of the things that was banned was one of the roasts of Black Rifle Coffee. And then I think it's three or four of the guns are actually like uh, person-held air or sort of land-to-air mortars, like small missile launchers. And and he put yeah. this on the list. It's like, yes, because that's a big problem in Canada is that everybody's walking around with these missile launchers on their shoulders and it's just not safe anymore. So good job. Way to go, Justine Trudy. <laughs> it's so well, dumb. A couple of the guns are fictional guns from... Uh, video games. Mm-hmm. And then what doesn't make it is the Tavor, TAR-21. That wasn't originally on the list. I think they may have added it now. And the SKS. I talked about it last week. <laughs> you know, cheap gun, dirt cheap, yeah. dirt cheap ammo. And uh, like we mentioned last week, you set up for a bump fire and you buy a, a 30 round magazine pin to five. It's a matter of drilling out a little hole and taking out a clip from the inside. Not that I would know, but it's very easy to to take a, a pin magazine and make it a non-pin magazine. <laughs> I think everybody can figure that out if you just look at what's stopping the spring, you know. Um, oh, I mean, there's a whole cottage industry built around um, SKS accessorizing oh, and yeah. changing. You know, so. Yeah, I had a bunch of different stocks for mine, and depending what I felt like that day, I'd, you know, unbolt it and bolt it into a different stock. I'm like, okay, oh, cool, you know. Yeah, and um, I would I would never work on a SKS uh, as a when I was doing stuff as a gunsmith because a lot of the parts back then were Tapco and other kinds of cheap parts mm-hmm. and I mean cheaply made and you they weren't uh, reliable enough in every SKS to be you know you'd be forever doing warranty work so I just couldn't do it. Yeah, yeah. Particularly yeah. unpinning the box, the fixed magazine and putting on that little uh, adapter so you could use AK magazines. Mm-hmm. None of them were uh, reliable that I could find. Yeah. Back then, you know. Yeah. Well, it's so it, I just wouldn't do it. Um, go do it yourself. Yeah. Because I'd be forever doing warranty work. And the same thing too is that it's not a gun worth putting any money into, right? Like it's. It's not like people are making, okay, you know what? This is actually a really high precision version of the SKS. I mean, they're all covered in cam's meal or whatever that oil is, right? Uh, like, like I got by and it's just dripping with this oil and it's wrapped in this plastic and, and paper. And it's like, this is what it is. It's a old surplus gun that's been kept in some probably wet, dank little warehouse somewhere, maybe underground. 
and it's cheap and yeah that's that's why you can't get good stuff for it right like even trying what to find I decent scope mounts for it is again you know like people are like oh i wish i would have known um the future i would have bought apple stock yeah. or i would have bought this or i bought that yeah the day i bought my first shotgun of my own you know like a pump shotgun for home defense was in 1992 and the same store in Idaho Falls, Idaho had an entire rack 30 feet long of SKSs for 25, 30, $35, Mm -hmm. depending on the condition. I'd have bought every one of them, soaked them in uh, preservative and then broke them out in 2020. Yeah, no, totally. Hey, no, I know guys that were, there's some guys at work uh, that were buying crates. You could buy a crate of 10 and it was a sealed yeah. crate, like still, so you pop the top off and they're soaked away. I don't know what it's called. It's got a very distinct smell. It's called Cosmoline. Cosmoline, yes. Mm. And they're like that. And then they're all wrapped in plastic. And I, one guy I knew, he's a weird prepper. I used to work with him. He actually bought 10 of them. And he goes, this is just going out to my cabin. He goes, I'm just going to bury it underneath the cabin somewhere. I'll put it in, you know, some type of a chest and I'm just... I just want to have these for a rainy day, man, like crazy, man. And you could get 10 of them for like, I think they're a little cheaper. You got a slight discount. It was like 1800 bucks for 10 guns or something like that. But uh, yeah, no kidding. If you had done that, man, I bet I, I have no clue. I haven't looked at the used gun market. Well, cause Facebook took it away, but um, yeah, I would imagine anything's going pretty pricey right now. I haven't even looked at gun prices at all. Probably I was in stop at a gun years. store the other on Monday. Uh, when I was coming back from my doctor's appointment, uh, but I, I didn't because um, Danette wanted lunch, so I grabbed her lunch and brought it back to her because she's teleworking, and uh, I didn't want her food to get cold anyway. Because I stopped at the gun store last year, uh, and price when prices started going up, and all the shelves were bare, and uh, the gun store guy. The first time I ever went in this gun store. Uh, and he's like, well, what were you looking for? Eh, because I was looking for this, this, or this, just to see, you know, you had it. Oh, hang on. You wanted a Walther PPK stainless? Yeah. I'll, you know, I've been wanting to put one in my collection for a while. Hang on a second. He goes in the back, in the vault, brings one out, brand new in the box, um, from manufactured about a decade ago. Uh, he's like, yeah, it's been back there. The owner is the owner's. Uh, Never been out of the box. In fact, it still had the uh, the seal on it that the where you break it when you first get. Anyway, uh, still had that on it, and I'm mm-hmm. like, you didn't even inspect the gun. Uh, so we broke the seal, looked at it. I agreed to buy it if the owner would sell it. We agreed on a price, and now I've got my Walther PBK. But that was the only gun. Uh, but it was part of a private collection, mm-hmm. and now I wanted to see where the market was. Because yeah. I may want to sell some of my collection. Yep. Uh, and anyway, I didn't. But I know on the internet used market, the prices are starting to stabilize. Not necessarily come down, but not spiking every day to something new. Yeah. Because uh, I want a SIG P365 XL that's optics ready. And uh, th- they want you know, stainless steel money for a plastic gun. I'm like, nah. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. You know, because people, I carry a P365 
but it's a plastic gun. It is not worth 600 bucks. Yeah. In no world, you know, Glocks are twice what they could sell at a profit. Hmm. They've always done that. And I think it's disgusting, but whatever. Yeah. That's just my opinion. You carry every day? I don't leave my house every day, but yes, I do. <laughs> so whenever you go out, you got a gun on you? Yeah. Man, I wish I could have that. Oh, that is phenomenal. You know, I'm uh, going to do whatever I can. I'll go to on leave. the record. I carry a gun everywhere I go. Yeah. Even when it says you can't. Yeah. Unless there's a metal detector, I'm carrying. Yeah. Sorry, people. And what the, uh, nothing wrong with a good man with a gun, <laughs> you know? Well, here's the deal. Not long ago, in the almost not so great state of Texas, uh, as long as he's, they keep letting these Californians move into Austin <laughs> and now San Antonio, uh, y'all, you're going to have the California part three if you don't watch out. No, it's true. And Texans seem to be ignorant to it. It's like, dudes, what are you doing? Yeah. Well, there was a, in, uh, there's a little uh, incorporated place near Dallas Fort Worth where the Baptist seminary is called Bethlehem, Texas. Not long ago, and you won't find it on the news, but it happened. Uh, it was in a uh, self-defense newsletter I get. Uh, a guy was carrying where he wasn't allowed, quote unquote, but based on a sign at the window, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it would, and a bad guy with a gun comes in to rob the place. And he was going to make an example of one of the workers. So the rest of the workers put their little bank teller money in the bag mm-hmm. and he didn't get a chance. He went to shoot one of the people, one of the employees at the bank and the good guy with a gun, uh, Ended his day. Yeah. Uh, and uh, he should be in jail as a felon right now for carrying in a bank, but he's not because Texas. Yeah, yeah. You know, well, I heard. Law enforcement showed up and said, Good job. Yeah, why don't you go home? Yeah. The, uh, in Ogden, Utah, uh, like a couple weeks ago, I heard uh, kids in a playground, school playground, A guy tries to abduct a kid, a young boy, just picks him up and starts walking away. Thankfully, one of the teachers had a gun on him, stood in the man's way, pointed the gun, said, let that kid go. That's what you call a good person with a gun. Saved a kid. Who knows what would have happened to that kid, but that kid would have been destroyed. And yes, this was a traumatic event for the child, but he's going to recover. nearly as traumatic. As what was going to happen to him. It was a potentially tragic time for that child. What should happen to kids is what would have happened to me or you at that age. Oh, some guy tried to grab me. My teacher pulled his gun and and I went back on the teeter-totter. You know, no big deal. Yeah. Oh, now we're like, oh, my God, the kid needs lifelong mental health. No, no, he doesn't. Yeah. Quit acting like it's a thing and the kid won't think it's a thing. Exactly. God almighty, people. Yeah. Yeah, this world is really, really crazy, man. You know what's crazy? So oh, I don't know if we talked about. Did we talk about the censorship in Canada. I'm sorry. Did we talk about censorship in, in Canada? We did, didn't I, we? Yes, uh, just yeah. barely. Um, you were talking about 
a change that might be coming. Yeah. Uh, so now in the House of Commons, they don't want any of the of the politicians to talk about it on social media. They're not. <laughs> oh man, I tell you, I'm doing. I'm going to do everything I can to leave this bloody country. Like, yeah. like this place is just garbage, and, and I feel cut, so if... bad to say that because Canada was. Canada has such great potential, but my word, like, man, and not it, just Canada. Your province yeah. has such a, and Calgary has such a history of free thinking, thumbing its nose, you know, at the east, um, thumbing its nose at the crown. We're going to be us. Just leave us alone. We'll leave you alone. Yeah, that's gone. That's though. That's, that's changing. Yeah. Or it has changed, but it's changing. Yeah. You know what I think? Uh, this is something that's highly controversial, but Steph and I were talking about. It's not controversial. People might think it is. I think if you want to govern any place, any force, so if you want to be a mayor of a town, you yourself need to be born there. Now, if your parents move there, that's great, but you have to have been born there. If you want to be a premier of a province, you have to have been born in that province. The last two premiers we have weren't from Alberta, Right. If you want to be the prime minister, if you want to have any role, any powerful role, like our defense minister was not born in Canada, that is not okay. How can you have the guy in charge of defending a country, didn't grow up in the country? I guarantee he doesn't understand what it's like to be a Canadian as much as somebody who's born and raised in Canada. That's just a fact of the matter. And no, everybody's going to be like, oh, boo, boo. everybody's going to be race card this. And no, it's a, no. You know what? If your parents, say if you migrate here from India, you know, and, and good, your children can run for politics because they grew up here and they, they were yeah. raised here. But if you came yeah, you from a different country. You, yeah, I agree. Oh. To be a national leader like that, you need to be soil born. Right? Yes. Yes. But like in my case, I want to run for office here not from here, but, you know, I went, joined the military and the government and moved around all, all over the world. And this is my home now. I'm going to make it my home. Mm -hmm. And I think after, say, five years of being here, I've shown it's my home and I want to live here, I should be able to run for local office. Yeah. And I'm American by birth. So. Yeah. See, the problem I have with that is, is just what I was saying. Like, like Jason Kenney, our premier, he's from Saskatchewan. Why don't you go to Saskatchewan? Because Alberta and Saskatchewan are not the same. We well, think I don't different. want to go back to where I was born because it sucks. I know, but then <laughs> because then liberals, go, then go back there and run for office and change no, it. You, you never, I would. A conservative will never, ever, ever, ever be. Uh, actually, no one that's not alt left will ever be uh, elected where I'm from. Yeah, where I was actually born. Mm. So, even though the state is different. The actual place where I was born is so alt-left and Jewish, it's not funny. And I'm not saying Jewish is bad yeah. at all. Yeah. It's just I'm not. So I will not fit in. They will not let me run for office. They will not elect me. Yeah. You know, because, you know, running for office is a, is a, it's a uh, popularity contest. Yeah. See, what I would hate is if somebody that was born and raised in Edmonton tried to become the mayor of Calgary. <laughs> oh, you know what? 
you can make your rules for Canada because you're a different country. Yeah. I'll make my rules here. Yeah. <laughs> we we disagree on this point, definitely. Well, I just no, don't... I mean, I think, okay, how's this? If you're from, uh, and forgive me for be, being, a, one, a moron, and two, I'm just not good with words today. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is your province? Alberta. Alberta, thank you. Alberta. Uh, pew, pew. Now, if you're from Alberta, mm-hmm. you should be able to run for office anywhere in Canada because you're just better than those people. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. And but- I think the same thing about, uh, oh, God, that far northeastern province. Not Quebec, Ontario, Newfoundland. Oh, oh, yeah, Newfoundland. Goofy Noofies. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, I've only ever met one person from there, and I've been there once. But that one person convinced me that, yeah, they could do a lot of good <laughs> cleaning up anybody who doesn't believe in freedom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But. Yeah, I'm not weird. saying everybody from Newfoundland is like that, but yeah, they're uh, funny. There's a lot of Newfoundland people work up north, northern Alberta when the when the patch was good. Like they'd have direct flights from Fort McMurray, Alberta, which is northern, which is kind of the base where you kind of start when you're getting into the oil patch up there. They'll have direct flights from there to Newfoundland, <laughs> and it's like there's no industry in Newfoundland. It was fishing, and and that's been cut back like crazy, and. I don't know. We we call it, like all of Canada calls them the goofy newfies, and they're they're kind of funny people. I I generally like them. They're kind of you know good salt of the earth kind of people, and they they talk. talk you can't some some of them you can't even understand. But uh, yeah, goofy newfies, cod cuddlers, squid squeezers, yeah. herring hoggers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they just uh, leave me alone. They're they're stay to their own kind of people, like the people up in the. Uh, the bush in Alaska, you know, yeah, they're yeah. weird because they just want to be left alone. Yeah. Same thing with like and Appalachians in the, you know, in this, in the States, some of those people, those backwoods people, it's like, hey, you know, but, so you know, they're different. A lot of folks from, again, not everybody, but a lot of folks in Alberta that I know of and that I've studied or that I've met. You know, they believe in free, personal freedoms. They believe small government. But beyond that, it's basically this. You got a job to do? Go do it. Don't mm-hmm. overthink it. And don't change it for change's sake. You know, safety is a personal responsibility. Yeah. Uh, and your the company you work for can't make you do something unsafe. Uh, yeah. And yeah. fire you if you don't. Yeah. Uh, there's a fine line, but, you know, personal responsibility and safety go hand in hand, but you, you shouldn't run a overly dangerous business either. You know? Yeah, exactly. Um, well, I don't, you know, I don't care if, you know, whatever uh, is unsafe about it. Everything is unsafe about an oil platform, but you know, don't make somebody go do something unsafe, overly unsafe. Yeah. You know, it's hard to explain. Working on the oil platform is un, in and of itself unsafe. Yeah. But don't make somebody go, dude, you're working barefoot today. Yeah, exactly. 
they, they, they do what they can to mitigate the risks. Exactly. If you keep your head on a swivel and if your, your personal responsibility comes into play, you know, you can't be drinking, you can't be partying, you need to be sober-minded, clear, well-rested, and you will get through years and years and years and years of doing a lot of those jobs, right? Absolutely. These guys and get complacent, they you know, staying up too late at night playing poker, and then they get to the job and they're groggy, and next thing you know, oh, they got slipped with a chain around their leg is- and they're hanging. You know, you know what else is super dangerous about those jobs or any job, any industrial job is people that are safety sallies, but know nothing, absolutely nothing about the job. They're putting safety regulations on. Yes. Yes. You should have that will hurt people that will hurt people more than anything I've ever seen. Yeah. hundred percent. And here's an example, a real world example, real quick, the boilermaker industry here in America. One, it's a dying industry, but it's still an industry, and we still have um, boilers making uh, most of our electricity. Safety, Sally's, set an industry standard for the length of the automatic safety cable, the retractable one. Okay. That if you fall, it knows you're falling, and through inertia, because it's called an inertial reel, um, it knows it's coming out too fast, and it automatically breaks you, mm-hmm. right? Well, they set a standard for how long it will let you fall, right? Yep. That length is longer than 30% of the boilers. Huh. <laughs> Think about that now for a second, people. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Instead of setting your regulations to say your safety inertial reel is mandatory and each reel will be based on the job at hand, they set a standard for the length. Every one of them has to only stop within, I'll say, 55 feet. It's not, but 55 feet. Yeah. But 30% of your boilers are only 30 feet tall. Yeah, exactly. And are you always going to fall from the top of something? Yeah. No. So don't set the stupid standard length Yeah. based on the top of everything. Yeah. Because most of your work done in the boiler is actually in the in the middle down. Mm-hmm. You know, Anyhow. That's the exact reason. So when I worked at Sanjo, um, big company, uh, there's some wingle wangle in an office. He was an office worker and he was opening up a FedEx package with like, is a bread knife or a kitchen knife he'd brought in something associated with his lunch. And he's doing this at lunchtime and he cut himself and it wasn't bad. It wasn't stitches, but it, he went and did paperwork and filled out a workplace injury incident report, blah, 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 blah. They took away Ulfa knives from everybody in the shop. And they made us use these self-retracting safety razor blades. So you have a little thumb pad on the top of this. It looks like a regular old-fashioned, you know, single-blade razors, right? Uh, yeah. And so you push it out, and when you start to cut down, there's a little detent, and it clicks. And then you cut, and then as soon as you lift up, it retracts because that little detent, just, it knocks it out. And so literally every single time you make a cut, you have to push this thing down. And we had to cut gaskets out of probably, I would say, like eighth inch thick, like a rubbery uh, uh, woven gasket material. And these things were a pain in the butt with a regular Ulfa knife that would just stayed out. And we could, it probably slowed us down four times. And so when I saw that happening, I thought, you know what? We got corporate here. They have some, some little tool in the office, cut himself with a bread knife, doing something he shouldn't be doing. And now all of a sudden, the guys that have been doing these gaskets, myself included, were like, oh, now all of a sudden, your job's going to take four times longer. And it's a hateful job. It's a job no one likes to do. 
And so I thought, you know what, that's it. So I got on the safety committee for that reason. I thought if this is the group of people in charge of making the rules, <laughs> you need some people that actually do the work to help you on there. And I, I ended up doing well. And uh, my boss's boss was on that committee because he had to be. And he ended up liking me. And then he asked if I'd become the chair. And then uh, it actually went well. And it, it was nice because, like, you're only supposed to have one year as a chair. And then right before my renewal came up when I was going to step down, they changed the rules. And they said chairs can run as long as they want to. And he said, I want you to run again. I said, okay, sure. <laughs> but, um, man, it's amazing some of the stuff that we would uh, fight. You know, they'd have this new thing. It's like we're going to implement this safety procedure. And I was like, can we – can I just get some feedback from the floor on this and blah, blah, blah. And we had some smart guys. You know, some welders that worked on a lot of big – and so we'd kind of come up with like, hey, I see what they're trying to do here. But what if we kind of went this way? And so we'd bring this to them say, you know what? We like the basis. We like the objective of what we're trying to do here. But the way you propose it, it's going to do this and this and this and blah, 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 blah. What if we tried something like this or a hybrid of the two, you know? And it ended up slowing things down. I shouldn't say that. It slowed down the implementation of safety regulations, which is good sometimes, you know? And it ended, we had a lot smarter regulations coming in. And it wasn't because I, I didn't have a clue. Like most of the stuff that we were dealing with, I would learn, oh, cool, that's how you do that. Because I am i didn't do any with the fabrication side and that was the most dangerous side of it all. But um, I'd be like, okay, cool. Can we just, you know, and you need to have somebody with a brain that actually has their hands on the tools that actually has to do the work that is directly affected by the regulation, you know. And uh, like yes, you're saying, it's just, it's crazy. Exactly for all the reasons you're talking about. And a million more reasons. I hate the idea of committee rule. Yeah. I think it's ruination of democracy, and here's why I feel that. Rome. Rome was built and ruined by committee. So yeah. just saying, people. Yeah. I um, hate committees myself. And most committees are full of Karens that don't know squat about the real reason they're there. Yeah. Like a safety committee most often doesn't know anything that the guys on the floor and gals are doing on the floor. I know. All they know is how to wear high Anytime I use a pronoun, people, it includes everybody. Yeah. If I say dude, it's male and female. Dudes and dudettes. And I only believe in male and female. So hate me all you want. I don't care. You can believe you came in one way or the other. That's all there is to it. Now, what you do with that equipment is your own business. Keep it to your own business. Yeah. No one else needs to know between you and God. Yep. Uh, unless what you're doing is illegal or with a child, then you should die. Mm-hmm. That's a Painfully. great. That's a great place to end the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you hurt a child, you should die. Yeah, there you go. Thanks for listening, folks. Yeah, we'll right. see you again next week. Yeah, actually, I got the title for this. I got the title for this one. It's not that. Uh, I think we should call this podcast uh, "Forged in Fires a Hoax." <laughs> I, that's I think that's what it should be. Anyways, I do got to run from "Forged in Fire" to committee douchebaggery. Yep, that's right. Cover the whole. Uh, oh, by the way, real quick, take ten seconds. You should have named your motorbike uh, the Clown Donkey Stomper. Clown Donkey Stomper. Clown Donkey Thumper. <laughs> ah, yeah, Mule isn't isn't, isn't permanent yet. Uh, I've had a few people suggest Clown Donkey because it's like, oh, I'm going to take Clown well, Donkey. Well, you don't want to name it Clown Donkey. No, but no. It's there because of because you hate stupid people. Yeah, Let's go in true. that regard. You got to do something to Clown Donkey. Clown Donkey Killer. 
Yeah. It got because I want to I wanted to name it Hate. <laughs> I just want to put hate on the side. So I was like, I wouldn't do that in this day and age. I said, what about hate mobile? No, nah, not that either. I'm like, yeah, you're right. You're right. But uh, so just put CDK on it and we'll all know it's clown yeah. monkey killer. That, maybe I'll do that. CDK. Right. What does that stand for? It doesn't matter. Between and then right under it, have your little clown donkey emblem That's with the right. no symbol. Yeah. With his head cut off. Yes. Um, <laughs> Wearing a mask. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, with the with with an eagle claw holding his hair. Yeah, holding it by the hair. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well, thanks a lot, Todd. I always enjoy our weekly conversations. I want to say thanks to everybody for listening. Absolutely, it is uh, the highlight of my week. Thank you, everybody, for uh, finding us on social media. Uh, we're on Instagram as you guessed it, Can Am Soup. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeremy's on a simple little life and. Uh, Jeremy the Gertz, correct? Yep, yep, yep. And I'm just Todd Fuss. Todd you don't Fuss. have to follow me. Um, actually, oh. yes, you do. You will follow me, or Chuck Norris will come to your house. That's that's right. Perfecto. <clears throat> All righty. All right, we'll, folks. We'll thank you so much, and we'll talk to you again next week. Sounds good. Cheers. <laughs>